Okay, so now we're moving on to Master Shanti Devas starting to talk about pride. And he talks about it in ironic terms. He says the reason that people feel pride is that we think we have some special, self-existent, distinguishing characteristics. But ironically, pride itself will ruin that quality over time. Whatever we're proud about. Having pride about it is what will ruin it. Like we're beautiful, we're smart, we're likable, we're good at something. Having pride about that is what's going to destroy it. Because when we have pride about it, we think, I am this way and I'm better than other people. Like this characteristic is self-existent. If we want to keep our good qualities, we have to be humble about them and understand their emptiness and where they came from. They always came from our past good deeds and virtuous thoughts. And the more pride we get karmically, it will force us to lose all the qualities that we're proud of. If we're proud about our appearance long enough, it'll destroy our appearance. If we're proud about our intellect, Something will come that will destroy our mind. If we have a quality we're proud of and that we like, if we want to destroy it, then continue to be proud about it. It's a sure way to do it. <laughs> Master Shanti Deva then goes into a long list of karmic results of pride. So this is ignorant pride. Number one, say... The pride in the that other side was mainly just being proud of like the things that you were doing, like the good things. Right? Or what was that? Oh, the when we were talking about confidence. Was there another slide? Oh, it's um, yeah. It means it meant confidence or courage. Yeah, because that one goes with the ignorant pride one. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that, yeah, that one, the very top, Nagio, is confidence or courage. And then, now we're on to ignorant pride. Or the results of it. So the first one, say, Nyan Drawer Tree. Pride will drag you to the three lower realms. So if we have enough pride and we're so arrogant, it's a cause for going to one of the three lower realms. That's one result. Number two, say yi de chom. Pride will destroy your mental happiness. Even in this life, 
we can't maintain a strong sense of pride over a long period of time without becoming an unhappy person. So that's the second. Third, say long mu soa. Long mu soa. Pride will turn you into a beggar, ruin your finances. If we keep up pride long enough, it starts to affect our material prosperity. And the longer we allow it to go on, it'll affect our finances, especially in the next life, but in this life too. There's, an, there's another page. There's more of these. Number four. <laughs> Say Shen Wang Girpa. Shen Wang Girpa. Shen Wang Girpa. Shen Wang Girpa. Pride will make you lose your authority and power. If you want to create your own samsara, then be proud and let it grow for you. Karmically, you'll always be number two at work. You'll always be passed up for promotion. And you'll never be in control of your life. Very unhappy things to happen. Can you read what it says? It says, when you're better than others, it's best to let them know in no uncertain terms so that they won't embarrass themselves by questioning your decisions and actions. <laughs> um, so number five says, Shepa Limpa. Pride will make you stupid, you'll lose your intelligence. Suk me dukba. Pride will make your physical appearance ugly to others. And these are usually things that we're proud of. Our intellect, our appearance. Nyam chungwa. Pride will make you lose your confidence, your nerve. Shen Yi Nyepa. Pride will make others abuse you. Basically, have confidence, determination, and courage, but don't let your practice slip into stupid pride. Distinguish pride from confidence which is the determination and guts to get through the hard times. Is this another slide? Oh, I, I cut off half of it. So, um, that's only the second half of the quote. Basically, the whole world is helpless. They don't know how to do what would be good for themselves, and they suffer from their mental afflictions. Others can't do what I can do, and so I will do whatever is necessary. Basically, if we understand and master the Dharma, then we can do something that other people can't do. Going back to this idea, don't sit around and wait for them. 
If they want to do it, they'll come. If not, you just do it without them. Define the good things you have to do and don't accept, expect help from other people because it may not ever come. Then when we create our own paradise and enlightenment, then we can really help people the best. And like we were saying, most people, it seems they have no idea how to help themselves at all. What's the point in waiting around for them? Go ahead and just do it yourself. Yeah, it is, huh? I think it's um, an album cover. Um, say Pujri Soar. Pujri Soar. Trakpe. Trakpe. So this is the saying, honey on the razor's edge. And this is a really famous metaphor it's the image of more of a straight razor and you cover it with honey and then you lick it off. <laughs> and it's analogous to the short-term happiness we go for and the razor's edge is the bad karma that we collect. The bad karma that we, that we collect from the bad deed we do to acquire something like food, music, other people, etc., whatever it is. Better job. And the honey lasts a few seconds, and then a second later, that experience means nothing. It's like a dream. It's just like licking the honey off the razor's edge. For a second, it tastes sweet, and then your tongue's cut and all bloody. Once we wake up, it's totally meaningless. All the pleasure we get in this life on the last day, it's completely worthless, then the blade comes which is all the things that we did to get those worthless things. And it's okay to enjoy them when they come, but we never do a bad deed to get them. It's not worth it. It's not worth the pain that comes from the negative karma later to have just a brief, short pleasure. And And so we've already done the chapter on effort. The point is don't waste your time on food, music, clothing. It doesn't mean anything, just forget it. If we did anything negative to get it, then that's the razor blade underneath it. The other razor blade is that we can never get enough. Food, clothes, this insatiable desire will never, ever, ever be filled. Really, with clothes, I can never have enough. My entire life, I have never had enough clothes. <laughs> There's always more and more and more and more. Things like that I could buy for my house, never enough. And I have a really small place. It's just <laughs> wild. So we enjoy these things. They're lovely. But we don't hurt anyone to get them. And we concentrate on the important things. Basically, Master Shantideva says, don't lose your awareness. Don't overeat. 
control yourself when you go to a delicious restaurant and you know you're going to be meditating after. Master Shanti Deva says you can control yourself, you just need to train yourself. And most people think they can't do it. And people will say, well, you don't know this person in my life. They keep pushing my buttons day after day after day, and I can't do it. It's too hard. But the gap, and they say the gap between their anger arising and their action is too short. But Master Shanti Deva says you can't do it. The human capacity for watchfulness is unbelievable, and we can get it down to a second. We can do anything that we practice. There's the example Master Shantideva uses. If someone puts a bowl of cooking oil in a bowl and puts it on top of your head and says, walk across the room without spilling a drop, and it's full, almost over the edge, and you say, I can't do it. But then they pull out a very sharp machete, and they say, I'll walk behind you, and if one drop goes out, I'm gonna slit your, I'm gonna slit your throat. And now see if you'll be able to do it. And you could do it. You could totally do it. <laughs> if we really wanted to, we could watch ourselves every second of the day, and we would never slip. A mental affliction would never express itself. We have the capacity, we just don't want to admit it. It's too inconvenient. We want to do what we're doing, you know? We don't think the odds are that serious in our life either, but they really are. So if karma is true, then one moment of anger at our boss is worse than someone slitting your throat. Just one moment. And so we have to really believe that and then our awareness will improve. And the one nasty thing about samsara and karma is that when we hurt someone, the karma doesn't come back immediately. It takes some time. And Geshe Michael in this class, he talks about, people ask him, um, can I kill roaches in my apartment? And he says to them, imagine that as you crush the roaches, your ribs start to break, what would you do? There's no exception from the laws of karma, they apply to everyone. If you kill one roach, much worse things will happen than having your ribs broken. If the time gap were zero, we wouldn't even ask. We would just never do it. We just want to do what we want to do, really. So we have to keep that amount of, amount of awareness as though someone has a knife to your throat and think what made the traffic jams, our boss, our ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, friends we don't like, you know, what made all of those things? It's our actions. All of our actions made those things. And so really, we, we have the power to practice and we can do it. We just have to get the right motivation and then we can do anything. And it might, it won't happen all at once, but we'll continue on slowly, slowly and get to where we're going. And at the rate that we can, that we're capable of.
we're kind of we're early. It's a what? It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was quick. I know, and this was, it was 15 pages of notes, which is more than usual. Hmm. So weird. Um, let's see. When was, when was the last class? This is week six. So... Twenty sixth of June. Okay. It can be June. I need to. I was planning to um, email Sarah and see how she's doing. Cause she. <coughs> she was. Was in yeah. Because oh. well, she the, um, said that she has to work on Wednesdays. She was here the first class. Has she been going into Tuesday? Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Okay. So, we'll end with a... Um, an analytical meditation. <sighs> so to start, just relax. all the tension drain from your body. Bring to mind some difficulty in your life. Something that's not going to be super triggering, but that, you know, you can somewhat step back and look at it. Something that's difficult. And... Relatively, we probably think it's someone else's fault. Or maybe we think it's our fault.
bring to mind the real cause. It's just karma ripening. If it's helpful, you can think, I'm the one who planted this seed. That's why this is happening. Or you can think, someone, whoever I was in my past life, they planted this seed. The other person is not the cause. It's simply karma ripening. In a way, it's nothing personal, it's no punishment. It's not good or bad from its own side. We're just being forced to see it a certain way because of seeds that are ripening. So very matter of fact, it's just like that. And then let that idea just dissolve into the space of your mind, whatever example you're using. Come back to just clear, open, spacious awareness. And then bring to mind another situation that's difficult. What's the cause of this? The same as before. It's nothing personal. It's nothing punishing me. It's simply cause and effect. Seeds ripening from the past. That's it. not necessarily good or bad from its side. If I had different karmic seeds, I would be experiencing it completely differently. It's just what's coming up now. So what's the use in struggling with it? Does it help? idea dissolve into the space of your mind. And then bring to mind one more challenging situation. Could be something really small, it doesn't need to be big.
think, where is this coming from? Same logic. I planted a seed in the past. It's ripening. That's it. sense it's no big deal just another karmic seed ripening happens all day long over and over dissolve into the space of the mind. Just sit with clear, open awareness, letting your mind completely rest. As we end with the closing prayers, offering all the merit here to reaching full awakening in this lifetime to be able to be of real assistance to all beings. Sashi Puki Chikshinito Cha.
Shiva Jumri Dampa Bruni Tilpa